<laughs> Welcome to the NBA Thoughts Podcast. Boop, 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 boop. Sad, sad music is playing now. We are in mourning. I am coming to you live of recording with the great, the only, Bitsal Fishman. Bitsfish, can you explain to us why are we in such a state of mourning? What is the cause of our sorrow at this great hour? This is a sore subject for me to speak about. Um, I don't even know where to begin. It's been a rough 24 hours. Let's start with that. I'm in the state of my feelings where I'm not sure how I feel. I'm not sure if I'm sad about this. I'm not sure if I care. I don't know how to feel. But last night, Yechiel and I got together at about 1 a.m. Yeah. On, we'll get there later. Um, and we recorded in, until about 2 a.m. Yeah. And then I had to take a long bus ride back in the freezing cold. But it was worth late it at night. because of how great the podcast was. We recorded probably our most fire episode of all time was last night. An oh. hour and a half worth of content for our listeners that they are thirsting to hear our new content. But... It has been lost to the cloud. And My that's phone, where our story... There some recording issues. The plot The podcast twist. is done. It's Yechiel, dead. Yechiel it doesn't te- exist. Yechiel texts me in a panic with sadness and mournful tone. I'm just not feeling it. I don't know if I'm feeling it. Yechiel, I don't know. I'm feeling the mourning. Because I was, I was very proud of the work. I thought we'd mention a bunch of great topics. We discussed them. I'm not saying I'm not feeling the mourning. I'm saying I'm not, I, I've lost my... I'm not sure if I've lost my... I don't know if... I might have lost my desire to perform. What can pick me up today? What can motivate me? Is it because we lost the podcast? Or were you like, already, you didn't like... You weren't even interested. So like, okay, once we like done recording, like we missed the recording, like, okay, for sure you're done. Or is it like just the like that we put in so much effort last night and now it's gone? Like that's what's caused... You're asking me too many questions. Uh, This is getting too in-depth. Let's keep the in-depth to the NBA talk. But uh, also, um, but also, yeah, like, like uh, I, I pay I'm someone, struggling. I pay someone a hundred dollars an hour already to discuss these sort of things. <laughs> like, we're not solving these issues here that and is now. Fair. That is true. Uh, but I'm struggling right now because it's a very weird feeling to be re-recording an episode. Because I don't know. I want to fill in the listeners on what they've missed. Because last night we really went through a lot of important topics. We caught up, we got your ideas on what you've been missing in the last two months, but it's a little unnatural for me to ask you the same question of how you're doing. Yechiel, Yechiel, Yechiel. The Talmud, the Talmud uh, Please, tell me what the Talmud says. That's all our guidance. As it, it says what to do. The Talmud has a lesson for us, what to do when your podcast episode gets deleted. As a Torani-motivated mo- NBA Hashtag Torani. Movement. Please tweet with the hashtag Torani. Okay, I don't know. I, I what don't does subscribe. the Talmud say? But it describes the Torah as being more broad than the sea and more expansive than the sky. I think the same applies to the NBA. One never runs out of content to discuss, and there's no such thing as current topic because current news and current currency, that's not the right word, but... Recency? Achshaviyut. Contempor- immediate contemporary relevance is only a pertinent subject 
for those subjects that do not have eternal value. Like the NBA, to be clear, was that how are, this metaphor works. That are not inherently enlightening, knowledgeful, and valuable. Wow. Those who talk about if your ideas are fleeting, it means that your subject matter is fleeting. Wow. So any subject we discuss will be will be infinitely relevant and enlightening, Yechiel. Those are inspiring worlds here. I, in I think I'm motivating myself. I, I think I'm motivating myself. I think I'm ready Pitzer to do this. He started this episode off. He was like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. Now all of a sudden, what's the point of my life? Up. He's ready to go, the enlightening, and we're, here we are in an enlightening right, place. We're sitting in the holiday of Sukkot. I'm gonna. I know you're trying to say something, but I'm gonna yeah. interrupt you one more time. Oh, okay, you go for it. Babe. We're sitting in the holiday of Sukkot, which is the Jewish. Wow, it's just Vartoran Vartoran. Festival here. of booths, <laughs> and generally considered the uh, holiday of happiness. But we also have the custom to read Ecclesiastes. So I was uh, feeling an Ecclesiastes kind of mood. Uh, That's all I was saying. That is Anyways, as you were saying, we're in an inspiring location. We're Tell us about that. Location. We're here. Last night we were, you know, I'm gonna stop speaking about last night. Last night happened. Our listeners, you weren't there. You missed out. I don't want to give you any but more feel, FOMO I think, for what you had. I think, but in order to go properly into the future, we need a cognizance of where we've come from, our uh, past. So true. So we need to fill our listeners in. Last night we were at. Derech Harakevet. We're here, our listeners. We are in our Wait, what, weren't third we at country. We are Rishonah? in Israel. Yeah, no, we started on Derech Harakevet, then we went to Tachanah Rishona. Uh, we recorded in the Katamon area. Tonight we have moved to the center of Ben Yehuda. We are here, but recording as, from the scene in town. Does not get more exciting than where we are right here, as the my, center of the action. As my great partner, who I'm unworthy to sit in his presence, just noted, our third country, our countless city yes I believe fifth city solidifying ourselves as a true traveling podcast NBA thinkers of the world not bound by location or time we are not the NBA as we have mentioned before is boundless wider than the sea and it goes beyond and through the sea and we have here we have crossed many oceans to arrive here in Israel Bitsvish living here now by its vegan inspired by the land, inspiring us with his inspiration. And me, I am here simply for a two-week sojourn to glean from the inspiration of the land and the inspiration of the great Bits Fish himself. Too humbling. Too this humbling. is very humbling. <laughs> um, as Yechil mentioned, we're on Ben Yehuda, which is what's quote-unquote the scene for the modern Orthodox and fry yeshivish um, American tourist slash year in Israel yeshiva yes. students. Also the scene for Israelis. Not as much, oh, yeah? but it is definitely Israelis come here. Different, I think different nights. I think Americans come here Saturday night. I think Israelis do Thursday nights. Where are the other Israeli scenes though? I don't, I, I don't know. I'm Anyways, not, a, plethora, a plethora. A plethora. plethora. Of, a, a plethora. Plethora? I think plethora. Maybe I it's, can I just say Our I'm listeners, Canadian? please come. Please let us know. Did we get it? Is it plethora or plethora? The, Let us know in the comments. I wish I could say bright future of the American modern Orthodox community of 17-year-olds will be walking by us as we're speaking. They will be stopping. We are looking at them. Gain from our wisdom. We are examining their youthful exuberance as we're talking NBA and their youthful flirting and love. 
getting weird now. It's a magical dog. <laughs> yeah, that that did. I get would weird. say I would say I don't know if I would Not, describe the youthful. I remember the youthful, carefree days of being in yeshiva, the nice adventuring in Israel. It was truly a magical time. But we are here. But now we're old, we matured, and nothing's new. Nothing. Nothing's is new. exciting. But we have reached a new level of the magic, and that is the magic of a mature NBA fandom, where the NBA is no longer new, but you have a deeper appreciation for it, a deeper appreciation for life, but more importantly, a deeper appreciation for the NBA. And we're happy to have you with us here, with our great listeners, listening to our podcast, hearing our great thoughts. So I'm ready to go. Hit me something with NBA, please. Hit me something, NBA. So let's talk. Let's get it started. Let's talk Jimmy Butler, man. Like, let's get okay. into it. Let's talk about him. What are your thoughts, Bitsfish? What are you thinking about this Jimmy Butler deal, the trade? Who should be trading for him? Where does he fit? Who would you give up? What are you thinking? Wow. Give me your number one Jimmy Butler take. Number one Jimmy Butler take? Yeah. It's just so... It's coming... It's just weird how some of these things happen. Where it's like... You have a team where, like, we feel like we lose out on them before we get to see them in what they could be. Last year, Tom Thibodeau comes in, a established, accomplished... With his critics, but definitely... Credentials. With his credentials. With his critics, with his critics. But no one, I don't think anyone would doubt that he makes, tomorrow, he makes the team better. Maybe he's a, good, he's a good coach. So comes in, Carl Anthony Towns, one of the top young prospects. Wiggins, some sort of a question mark wild card, but has some nat there. And Butler, and we're thinking like, okay, they're not the Warriors, but like this could be interesting. It just seems like before we've had a chance to see what they could be, and and we saw flashes last year, flashes of them being the third best team in the West. I know, flashes. It was like 60 games. 60 until games. February. They were... And then Butler got injured for a bunch. Yeah. We didn't really get to... I don't know if we got to see what they could be, and before we know it, it's over. Yeah. So it just, and it's, also, they faced the Rockets in the first round. Like, nobody looks good when they face the Houston Rockets. It just seems this happens a lot. We're like... We're still on wondering, like, what could have been. Like, obviously, I'm still not over the Spurs, the Kawhi Spurs. We didn't get to see them, and that injury that took us away from potentially a Warriors competition. But anyways, that's what I'm thinking about the Jim Butler thing. It's interesting. But at the same time, I kind of feel like... Um, like, it's also kind of... It's not so surprising, because, like... Firstly, the whole GM coach thing never works out. Yeah. And, like, they were bringing in tons of really bad, like, players that didn't fit. And, like, they are kind of doing what, like, the Lakers are doing now, taking, like, random veterans that we don't need. And, like, doing the Doc Rivers thing of, like, the nostalgia. Just, like bring back NBA players you know from previous stops and, like, that weren't fitting well. Like, this is, you know... It's the, not going to end well. Like, yeah. Were, it's like NBA math Twitter, their favorite thing is to bash Derrick Rose because, like, no offense to Derrick Rose, but, like, since he broke his knee and it's been, like, eight years since then, he hasn't he's been not gone. good at basketball. Yeah. And Tom Thibodeau brought him back and he's taking minutes away but he, no, from stop. Tyus Jones. He, did, he had some good playoff minutes, no? He had a few good playoff minutes, but at the end of the day, like you look at Tyus Jones' regular season numbers and you compare them, Derrick Rose' regular season numbers, like it's night and day. Tyus Jones was, from an advanced stats perspective, on-off perspective, plus-minus perspective. But in the playoffs also? in the league. Yeah, but in playoffs, in playoffs also? There was five games. Like, it's just, it's such a small sample oh, size. Oh, interesting. What's Tyus Jones' game like, though? 
I, I, I don't know it enough. I haven't seen it a lot. My impression is kind of similar to Fred Van Vliet. Like, I, I think he's just kind of like That's Fred small, Van Vliet smart West. plug guy. Small, smart, sixth man, can but somehow not... play in a two-point two guard lineup. Like, he's somehow big enough that he can do it. Good but... defensively, can shoot the ball, can space the ball, but not a ball-dominant point guard that he needs the ball in his hand, but good enough to shoot the three to keep defenses honest, can move the ball around, and bulldog defensively really makes his impact on both sides of the ball. And I think it's sad that I think he's going to lose minutes to Derrick Rose because I think he's a really underrated point guard. And I think Fred Van Vliet is being used well. He's being utilized to his full ability. And I'm worried Tyus Jones is going to get underutilized because of Tom Thibodeau's love for Derrick Rose. Who just doesn't, I, at the end of the day, like his three-point shooting his defense isn't there. And without the explosiveness that he had in his earlier years, he's just not an impact positive impact player on the court I just wonder like even if Jimmy Butler stayed and obviously this might be part no one really knows why he's leaving but this might be part of it like what was their ceiling because just based on the way the roster construction was looking and the way that Wiggins at least with on this roster did not seem to be trending up yeah like Jimmy Butler and and Carlton Towns are two elite players that actually somewhat complement each other but like Constantine Towns wasn't being used well and like you know like I don't you know they, they didn't necessarily have like a future of a woe future yeah know? and I would say like if you look because of one second like we had they had we're looking at a three year span really of elite Jimmy left yeah, yeah. I would so say like that's in fair. the next three years I don't know if we'd be looking at any sort of jump or like a satisfying ooh that's they're interesting. Yeah, like I would say I think they're being a little underrated just because like they were the eighth seed, but just because Jimmy Butler was out. But like yeah. there were they were not serious competition against the Rockets, and they were they played the Rockets healthy, and they were not a serious competition to them. So that means that they're not currently serious competition to really make noise in the West, challenge the Warriors in any meaningful way, make and out of the West in any meaningful way. And if you look at their pickups this offseason, like I'm looking like Luol Deng, they re-signed Derrick Rose, they lost Blazinka, I forget who even they got. Like they're just, there doesn't seem to be anybody who's going to give them any sort of leg up that like I could envision like in any sort of way saying that like they can challenge the Rockets this year. Like I just don't see that unless Carl Anthony Towns takes some huge jump, which like he's young, people he were could saying, get better, people but say- I don't see him making like a jump big enough for them to make up the current gap between them and the Rockets. Yeah. I mean, people just, like, totally disagree, totally agree with everything, then not disagreeing. People do say about the Carl Anthony Towns jump that if you look at his numbers and his usages, that there's room before the diminishing returns still. Like, yeah. he... Meaning... He, he can c- be used more. Yeah. He, that he has jumped, basically. It just needs to be actualized at this point. Fair. Um, but that's not, I mean, that's, I totally agree that I don't know of any, like, I don't know that puts them in an interesting conversation. Yeah. They don't have any of late, like, drafted young dudes recently no. that, like, are, were like, ooh, he's coming up. I forget, they drafted, I think, Justin Patton last year. Like, they I drafted him I've last year. I've never heard year. of that. Who is he that? He had, like, a broken leg. I don't think he played much. So, like, I don't think he's making a lot of noise. The, I will say the Carlton Towns point you mentioned, that is something interesting to keep an eye on this People year. say he's like Shaq. People say he's yeah. like, he like has Shaq as like the most best efficient big man since Shaq. So like, I don't that know. would be something to keep an eye on this year. Jimmy Butler gone. There's a lot of shots to go around. Maybe that's something Carlton Towns can take up a lot of those shots and really the Wolves won't regress as much as I think 
you'd expect them to, losing a player of Jimmy Butler's character, who I think, caliber, who I think, you know, top 10 player in the league, borderline top 10 at the least. And the I key think for them. expect him to lose a lot, but like if Carl Anthony Towns can pick up some of that production without losing his efficiency, I think that could really keep 100%. them afloat. The key for them, I think, outside of encouraging a Carl Anthony Towns defensive growth, is yeah. now when we're reconstructing our offense, let's make sure to reconstruct it around our our big man fulcrum, which is not necessarily the most popular thing in today's NBA. Carl Anthony Towns has such a diverse skill set; it's possible. Instead of I don't don't just throw the even though it might be the easiest thing, don't throw the ball to like Derrick Rose or. Jordan Crawford or Jeff Teague or whoever the hell random ball handler, <laughs> like mediocre, like 30th percentile point guard perimeter guy they happen to have. Like if Andrew Wiggins jumps, which like, I, like whatever you told me that like you don't think any reason to believe he will so much. If he grows into it, fine. But but to the extent it doesn't take away from Carl Anthony Towns. But like, yeah, don't I agree. like I I get that like. Whatever James Crawford could like Jamal Crawford, uh, Jamal Jamal Crawford for the record. I think yeah. you were like that was like a shtick I was doing like that like he's so spew oh. like it doesn't matter. You don't even the know name. his name. But you kind of just ruined. Anyways, it seemed like you didn't know his name. I get that like <laughs> he could take possessions like you know but like don't do that. Just develop car use Caronte Town. Towns. Yeah, I agree. I think this is something is not quite the same because I think that we saw this with the Nuggets with Nikola Jokic. Jokic, Jokic. Of when when they let him take over the offense, they became a lot better. Different because I think Jokic is possibly people are discussing now. He's only 23, but he's already one of the greatest. He's in discussion for being one of the greatest passing big men of all time. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns has his playmaking ability, but I think it's the same idea. Of at the end of the day, if your most talented offensive player is your center, play through your center. I know everyone else has a talented point guard, but if your point guard isn't talented and your center is talented, play yeah. to your strength. Like at the end of the day. I think that is something I think we overrate in the modern NBA that we discuss a lot of like, oh, this is the modern NBA is all three and D and all this type of thing. Like at the end of the day, play to the strengths of your players and that is how you're going to, that is how you have to win. You can't win playing to the strengths of other teams. Like I think that's something we see like Russell Westbrook is not the prototypical modern NBA point guard. He can't shoot the three. Like that's just not what he does. But he plays to his own strengths the yeah. way that he can win the game, and it works. It, it's not, he's not, I mean, they're not championship, but like with a few tweaks, they could yeah. be, and yeah. like they're good. They were close. Like with yeah. him and Kevin Durant, they were game seven. They came and within a few minutes of winning a championship probably that year. Yeah. Like and at the end of the said, day, like talent wins out if and, you pro play also, around it. As you said, like one big man, right? It doesn't need to be a passing big man. Like not every, like, I, oh, I just had an example off the top of my head. Like, not running your offense through your big man. Oh, I found the example. Yeah. Doesn't mean that he's a passing big man or a spacing big man. For example, Lamarcus Aldridge. You know, Very they true. ran Especially through in it. The playoffs. Yeah, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, their offense didn't really work in the playoffs, but no. that's also they were facing the Warriors. They were facing the Warriors, but, and they didn't have Kawhi. They didn't was, have anybody. Like, he was great. Yeah. And like, it, he was getting can, triple teamed every play. You can run your offense. And Carl Anthony Towns has a much more diverse profile yeah. than than uh, Zeh, whatever his name is. Lamarcus Aldridge. Okay, let's take a quick break for our it. sponsor, and we'll pick it up with some more Jim Beller talk after the break. 
This episode of the NBA Thoughts Podcast is brought to you by Rebar. Rebar, drinks for your life. For life. L'chaim. Rebar is a smoothie restaurant that also serves yogurt in a smoothie that you can have with your fruits that comes in a smoothie that they make for you. This message goes out to you, Rebar. Yechiel and I have hung out four times since he's arrived in Israel in this brief sojourn. Each time we have wanted to drink by you, but each time you have let us down. One time I did get rebar, for the record, and I got rebar three other times, not with you, Bitsfish, while I've been here for six days. It is important to get rebar once a day. It's an important part of a healthy diet. So rebar, One rebar a day. Rebar, you're great for Yechiel, but you're not good for our relationship. You're not open when I want you to be open. Yeah, I would request, while we're advertising for Rebar, I would request that they're open more late at night. I don't think they cater enough to the people who only decide they want to get Rebar at 1 o'clock in the morning. Like, they don't have that Golan craving yeah. hour at Rebar. Like, I'm like, I'm in a Golan craving, but Rebar. for Rebar. Focus less on your business model, focus less on Yechiel's needs, and focus more about us. Yeah. Us. I mean, I also, I would be getting rebar twice a day if it was open at 1 a.m. Oh, okay, like, fine. I would get my morning rebar, and then 1 a.m. you need it, because as much as one rebar a day is healthy, two rebars a day is extremely healthy. Hashtag ad. Hashtag sponsored. In conclusion, Yechia likes you, and I want to like you. Help me. Love me so I can love you. Wow. Rebar. So true. The drink for your life. And we're back. Thanks for joining us. Um, we were just talking about um, potential diversity of offensive options yeah. with an offense that could be running for Colin City Towns. Um, so the, 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 the thing that... So Yechiel likes to, is telling me, he's like... Yeah. I'm he's, a big proponent. I'm a big math guy. So like I like 3 and D players. You go for the layups, Mori ball. But at the same time, he's just saying, play your strength. So what that reminds me of is who zigs when everyone else is zagging? Who's pl- who always says, I game plan for the talent I have? Pop. But, despite that, I still don't really believe in Pop this year. But I think that's just because I don't think the players he have are talented enough. Like, I think I agree with his philosophy that I think you should play to your talents. Like, if Marcus Aldridge is good at the pick and pop, and pick and pop long twos, if that's what DeRozan is good at, like, pick and pop long twos, like fine play to that but at the end of the day like it's not efficient and it's just not good like that might be what he's talented at so it might make more sense to have him go for the mid-range long twos than it would be to have him shoot threes but still you have to remember the diminishing returns like Russell Westbrook is so incredibly talented but because he's not shooting threes he's sort of diminished like he's not as good as James Harden just because he's not as efficient you're basically putting a limit on your play to your talent you play to your (coughs) game plan to your talent rule. You're just saying, yeah, some talents are better than other talents, and some game plans are better than other game plans. It just ultimately, like, if you have, like, 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 medium good talents, those game plans will maximize them, even though if you had three and D people, those would be better. Yeah, I'm saying, like, if you have a guy who's, let's say, like, seven on the talented scale, but he plays a low-efficiency game and you instead had a guy who's a six on the talented scale, but he plays a high efficiency game, I think the team that's a six on the efficiency game with the high talent would win. But if you have a guy who's a 10 on the talent scale, like you have a guy like Russell Westbrook, you can build a team around him with Kevin Durant, with 
two bigs even on the floor of at the end of the day, if you have enough talent, if you have enough high level talent, you can beat somebody who's maximizing their efficiency if you're more talented. But if you're less talented and less efficient, like you're gonna get nowhere. And I think we saw that when the Spurs tried to play against the Warriors, or even if we saw the Spurs as the season went on, they ended up finishing as a seven seed. And I think at the end of like it's just like at a certain point if you're not talented and you're not playing the, and you're not playing Mori ball, like there's just only so much you can do. So I think you're right and wrong. Uh so how are you right? I don't know. That was just like a good turn of phrase. Like you're right and wrong. Like <laughs> I'm not actually right. At no, all. no. I'm a hundred percent wrong. It's true, obviously, that if you're playing an inefficient game, ultimately that's not good. But, and I and it's true ultimately that an efficient game plan is better. And like talents that are doing inefficient things, talents that are redundant, talents that aren't what we what Ben likes to call scalable. But at the same time the modern NBA, you're calling, quote-unquote, you're just basically labeling efficiency with Moribol. I think the modern NBA has limited what they call efficient game planning. I think there are the average sort of, like, semi-woke NBA fan sort of Ooh, under... Ooh, use of the word woke. But I it's, like it's it. a right usage. It kind of fits, no, yeah. No, that's the NBA. Like NBA woke. No, the NBA, the NBA... It's, so it's, NBA woke doesn't have to do with the Dallas Mavericks. The same <laughs> principle that makes the NBA, like, the progressive league on all the hot-button, like, socio-issues, socio-cultural issues in 2018, is this, it's the same, like, Shoresh Neshama <laughs> that's making it, like, also, like, be up and up on, like... And that's how Ben Taylor can be super hot on, and like at the same time be a huge nerd. Ooh, interesting. And like, and so liking all these liberal things. Like, it's just an expression of wokeness. That is very interesting. I don't know. That, I'm just talking about It doesn't align 100 I would say wokeness in the NBA doesn't align 100% with general wokeness. Because of Ben Taylor. No, no, no. Ben, no, ben Morris. Ben, ben Morris, Morris our boy. Sports. Great commentator. Bit of a concern. He's, he, I think he likes to be like. I would say maybe he considers himself a woke conservative. I don't know. I think he just calls himself. I don't know. I think he would think he's he's the ultimate woke because he would say like I'm just so woke. I'm not like I'm not asleep like the liberals are. Like (laughs) I'm no like no. There's some people like like a dumb like non-progressive is asleep in his way, but then a liberal wakes up. But if you're so woke, you're just a zombie that you have to follow the woke path he's just like no i'm free thinking my stats tell me that like i don't know you should punt on every play anyways point was you should never punt sorry there are more there are more efficient offenses than mori ball for example like what are the top offenses in the league this past year uh, the Houston Rockets was okay. the most efficient okay. offense in the give league. Me, give me some more. Up the there. second was Golden State, which okay. I think you get. But, like, that gets back to my point of, like, they're just so talented that it didn't matter that they shot mid-range shots because, like, mid-range shots are terrible unless you have the three best shooters in the NBA. Like, if you have the three best shooters in the NBA, no, but you're wrong about you can that shoot about because, a mid-range. Because you're basically saying that it would be better if they played more evil. Yes. Ah. Yes. I, I've said this many times. The Warriors I, would be better gonna, if Steph Curry I, shot the ball from three on every single play. That's I, what they should be doing always. But they should never be doing anything. Like, anytime Steph Curry passes and then somebody else shoots the ball, I'm like, no. Pass it back to Steph Curry. He should shoot I think 100 you can, shots again. I think you can grade an offense that finds the open man in the mid-range if that's where they are. Or, or offenses that, for example, the Nuggets offense, which is amazing, which is an Amori ball offense. It runs out of the high post. 
It was yeah, cu- was, with features, shoot. lots of cutting. But I don't think they shoot from the high post. Like cutting, I know, I know, cutting but, is layup. Yeah, that's sure. Ball. That's no, no. Meaning, Jokic di- shoots three. Sure, I've never seen. Fine, him shoot if you're just range. calling Murray ball like any good open so no, shot. I don't no, mean, but but what? But that's the way they get to those open shots can differ greatly through yeah. cutting through the post. Yeah. But I'm saying the Rockets are now just like isoing layup spread it like spread Fair. pick and roll you don't so need to, to do be that clear, when i say mori ball i don't mean like you have to use the exact style the rockets do in terms of how they get their buckets but i just mean like if you look at the rockets offense all they do is they take threes they take layups okay, and they fine. take foul shots like that's what i mean by mori ball not that you have to iso like you can do whatever style you want to to get to those shots but that's what i'm calling mori ball is basically shooting no mid-range jumpers Hmm. Is more. That's what I mean when I say Mori Ball. Like, on the one hand, I think I'm sort of like unsure of where I stand on this myself. Like, but on the one hand, I'm 100% convinced of Mori Ball, but on the other hand, I kind of think like you got to play to the strengths you have. And like Jimmy Butler, I, this is what I was like saying a little bit before. Like Jimmy Butler is not a great three-point shooter. Like he's in a he's a decent three-point shooter, but he's not an elite three-point shooter. And there was discussion, like, does he fit with Philly? Because, like, Ben Simmons is an elite three-point shooter. Joel Embiid is a good three-point shooter for a center. But, like, are they not going to have enough shooting? And, like, my take is they will have enough talent. Like, Jimmy Butler gives them enough talent exactly. that I don't so think it matters. So you don't really believe in what you I mean, like, Spurs offense when they don't have absolutely no one, right? Yeah. But, like, so so you wouldn't rather – you wouldn't ever say that, okay, let's say we, we in the, like, the talent scale, we call LaMarcus Aldridge an eight. Okay, overall, he's an eight. Okay, okay. you wouldn't say, you wouldn't say, let's dump Aldridge, give me a seven who can, who's just like a spread the floor or like, like a spread the floor dive guy, like dive to the rim guy. Like you just wouldn't say that because, and and Pop wouldn't say, whatever, I'm not saying Pop is the authority. I'm saying like, even though he is, but no, I'm saying like, I don't think like, the Spurs aren't going to be better with that if you replace if you replace a talented guy who can be the backbone of your offense with a, like a quote unquote efficient player, every every and no sometimes your efficient skill set makes you better, but but I think that Harbi Drachem Lamako. No, I agree, but I would say like I think eight and seven is too close. Like for me, it's like if you make a jump from eight to five, then the efficiency can be overruled. And I think it also depends. On the amount of inefficiency, like Lamarcus the Raptors Aldridge, had an amazing. Lamarcus no, the Aldridge Raptors had a historically extreme. good offense shooting mid range, mid range. That that forget playoffs for a second. When like this past season? No, not this past season. The one before that, the Lowry, DeRozan, my turn, your turn offense. That was historically great. It was historic. I don't know. Sorry, it was up. It was like it was second a good in the league. No, the I think it was like above one ten efficiency. Like they were talking like, I don't know. It was like it was. Whatever. Even if you want to say it wasn't historically great, which I think it was, we, our num our producer will check the numbers for us. Yeah. But producer, but producer, sir, it was good. Check the numbers. And okay, fine. It, it faltered in the in the playoffs, but apparently the the remake also faltered in the playoffs. But whatever. Let's not get into the whole playoffs. The remake season didn't thing. falter in the playoffs. The defense faltered in the playoffs. Fine. Fair. Fair. Or well, let's not get. But I don't know because there are others. I don't know. You can be good, but on the other hand, like. It's a little misleading to characterize the Raptors as a mid-range offense just because DeRozan shot mid-range, like Lowry shot lots of threes. It's not fair to say that they're like a pure but, mid-range offense okay. when I uh, think yeah, Lowry yeah. was the more important part of their offense, and Lowry is an elite three-point shooter. Spot up, 
off the pick, whatever he wants to do, he's an elite. No, but Valanciunas is getting a lot of touches with his post ups also. That's he's an efficient post up player. Yeah. Anyways, let's move on back to Jimmy. Let's move okay. on back to Jimmy. So, but now tell me what's Jimmy's future? Where where did where where, where what could Jimmy? Jimmy not only where can he end up, but like what can Jimmy's twenty nine. Yeah. What can successful, fulfilling Jimmy career look like now? Like, where can he be going that would be good for him? What kind of team? What can he do? I don't know. Should I be? I I don't know where I don't know where would be good for him. I I think again like, I think he's a great player. I think he can kind of. I think we saw he was great on the Bulls. Uh, he was great on the Bulls. <laughs> He was great this year on the Wolves. Like, I think he's an adaptable player. I think he's an elite player, and he makes wherever he goes better. Uh, for me, the bigger question is, where is he going to end up? And I think it's going to come down to desperation. Because I think... What do you mean? I think Jimmy Butler's great. Any team would be lucky to have him. I said before, I think Philly should... I what do you mean Philly by desperation, have him, But I would say the team that's going to end up with him is going to be a team that's desperate. Because I think what we're seeing, or the reports are saying, is that Minnesota is asking yeah, for a super high price. Just a side note about that. Yeah. It's interesting that it, this is a rare situation where Zach Lowe was the reporter yeah, and Waj credited. Yeah, they're, Woj, they're co-reporting. No, but Zach's not usually... I mean, he, he sometimes does. It's not never, yeah. but it's just an interesting it's thing. An interesting... Where, like, like, Zach's breaking the story on this. Yeah. But I think in a way... Sorry, I know this is an aside, but I think in a way it's like it's not such an aberration because like this isn't like a quote unquote like story like news flash like a dotted line was signed. It's more of a like I have my pulse on the league of like the yeah. sense of the league, and this is what I'm feeling. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Meaning, I think like Woj gets anybody who's signing a contract. Woj is in touch with those guys. Like yeah. Woj is probably in. With all the, the agents. The tangibles. He's probably in with all the agents, oh. but I think Zach Lowe probably has more contacts in front offices. Or not more, but Zach Lowe has a lot of contacts in front offices, so he probably hears a lot for trades. He often oh. gets involved because he hears what's going on in the front offices, but Woes usually gets when it's like the latest word of like contacts with the league office or contacts with like agents signing deals. I think Woes is the first one to know. But I think when it comes to the trade, what we're hearing is Minnesota wants a lot. And so while there are a lot of teams, like if I'm talking, like if I'm Philly, if I'm Denver, if I'm New Orleans, like these yeah. teams could all use a guy like Jimmy Butler. Like he'd be a welcome addition to their team. They could use a guy with his talents. And I think just at the end of the day, like Jimmy Butler is really good. He will make any team he's on better. But those are teams that are either young enough or have enough space that I think there are other options. So when Minnesota asks for a large, for like a top draft pick or a top prospect plus a veteran player Minnesota like these teams Philly Denver are probably saying like there's no need for us to make this trade why would we break up our core when we don't even know what we are yet like we could still be an elite team we don't need to make a move so I think he's more likely to end up I would describe them as like the middle tier teams but who are filled with veterans and filled with contracts that can't move like I'm thinking Miami Washington Portland Detroit like these are teams they have veterans. They don't really have a lot of young prospects who I think in the coming years can really make them better, make them, give them that leap that I think they can really make a run for a conference finals. And they also don't have the cap space that they can go out but, and sign any guy. Like, but they don't have team, any other options. Who's a team who's not that? Meaning, who's the team that's like, 
has a lot of stuff and is like on some sort of track. It's like, I mean, besides for like Philly, but like we were never thinking them. We are like, wait a second, I don't know if I want that. Like who's a team who like we thought, oh, that would be relevant, but then, oh wait, the asking price is too high. Like who's that so excluding? I think, I think Philly, I think okay, Denver. Fine. I think maybe even oh, the Denver. Clippers and the Nets, like who at some point are just going to be like. What do the Nets have that it's like, whoa? They don't have, touch Dondre Russell. They don't. Don't touch D'Angelo Russell. Russell. Don't touch Carl Everett. Like Spencer Dinwiddie. I don't Spencer think it's anybody Dwin-Whittle, specific. But yeah, he's good. I, guess. I think it's probably just like a RPM loves Spencer. Dwin-Whittle. RPM thinks Spencer Dinwiddie is like a top five point guard. You sure it's Dinwiddie? I think it's, I thought it was an I. It's an it's L. The, it's Dinwiddie. We will check this. Our producers will get to us about that. But no, I think for the for the Nets, it'll be like, if it's just too many things all together, like if it's just like, how many young prospects do they need to put in? Oh, you're right. Dwin, Dinwiddie. Yeah, I've never been wrong before. If it's <laughs> just like, how many young prospects do they need to put in? That's so weird because I need to give my, up. I've been reading that name. <laughs> I know I'm interrupting you a bit of sentence. I'm going to keep doing it. Oh, and yeah. I know it's annoying Like you. when I do it to you. <laughs> um, Yo, this is, we're real podcasters now because now, like, all of a sudden listening to a podcast, I'm thinking, like, oh, wait, those guys had, like, an awkwardly candid moment, and that was weird. And now our <laughs> listeners just us. thought that, but I don't even care. I love it. Um, yeah, I've been reading his name, Dinwiddie, all year. So, no, it's definitely Dinwiddie. Okay, anyway, but say what you're say saying. The Nets would probably be prospects or probably Minnesota wants cap relief. And if they take enough cap relief, then Brooklyn can't go out and get another big contract next summer like that might be that's probably a deal breaker for them like they probably want another big contract but i want to re it's funny because the whole premise of the zach report and what you're not taking as controversial is the fact that there is an asking price too high but but i like that but i sound like a bit of like a mere blumenfeld there but the way he podcast you should check that out Amir blumenfeld was the recommendation we had on our previous episode for listeners who missed Bitsfish recommended Amir Blumenfeld. I recommended everybody check out Rachel Nichols' reporting about the Dallas Mavericks and their workplace culture. We spoke about it at length on the last episode, but that is all. We will not rehash the points made in our last episode, so if our listeners want to know about it, look up Rachel Nichols' Dallas Mavericks. Read all about it. Okay, anyways, for important stuff. Um, wow, okay, let's not, let's not say that, but... Um, the... Um, where was I? Oh, yeah. Last night you were saying something like, like, there's a lot of open space. Everyone has lots of money. There's not a lot of guys out there. He wants to sign with someone. He wants, yeah, to, so- resign. He wants to re-sign with the team he's going to. So why should there be an asking price that's too high? And it's rare to have an opportunity. And we said last night that Jim Butler is a guy who gives you, like, whatever. Call it five wins. Call it whatever. Call it just playoff contention without much else yeah. around you so like and we're we're in we're in the school of thought of like it's not so easy to rebuild like if you can be good be good so like why is there something that's called too high and i i understand if you're somewhere some a team that's trending right like philly where like don't denver or like indiana like don't break up your core i don't know about indiana, indiana fine fair. but give me don't oh, break up your core yeah denver philly don't touch it because you're might contend anyways yeah but like why would like like if the report's not only excluding those teams like why does clippers or nets or heat or yeah have anything that's like ooh, like 
give him Drogic, give him all your interesting young guys and every pick for the next 15 years. <laughs> no, I'm exaggerating. exaggerating but, like, but, but like, at the end of the day, like Jimmy Butler is a game-changing player. Yeah. And I think that's the key thing, I think, that's different about this trade than the Kawhi trade, than the previous Jimmy Butler trade, and the Paul George trade, is I think all the reports have made it clear that Jimmy Butler wants to sign an extension with the team. So why is there too high? Why is yeah. there something called too Agreed. high a price? Because this isn't a one-year rental. This is a six-year deal. And I think we're sort of expecting that Jimmy Butler's 29, like, you're going to get four great years out of that. Maybe three great, either way, like, a number of years where you can, if you put another piece or two around him, you can make a run at a conference final. So, like... So what's shot? What's shot? It might... I, oh, yeah. I think people, I think people in general always assume... I, it's like this Family Guy clip. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but like Peter wins a raffle to win a boat. I've dabbled. And the, I've and dabbled. the, the guy's like, you can either have this brand new yacht, this fancy boat, or you can have this mystery box. And Peter's like, ooh, mystery box. Oh. And then Lois is like, no, 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 take the boat. Like, you have a boat. And he's like, well, it's a mystery box. It could be anything. It could even be a boat. And I think teams are often like... That's like, one second. I love that reference. It was so... It was not planned. And it was no. so on point, And it was so like... It was not like an obvious reference. That was like a good, like, outside knowledge that was relevant to the situation. Parable. That's how I do it. Bringing Great. in the pop culture to expand your NBA knowledge. So I think that's probably... Like, if I had to guess, that's what a lot of these guys are thinking. They're probably entranced by the magical free agency of 2019 where in their minds it could be anybody probably it's going to be nobody because at the end of the day like Durant might re-sign with Golden State Kawhi is only going to sign with one team so most of these teams are probably not going to get anybody that good I want but to they're like point looking at here. that like and they're thinking like oh like I have a draft pick next year like my draft pick could be better than Jimmy Butler like yeah, so they won't like the young guys you have your draft pick and your free agency in 2019 is probably not going to get you anything as good as Jimmy Butler I think but what you're probably saying like in, they have all these intangibles and they're like this could be anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think what you're saying could be true. And I do want to know, I think Ben Taylor would love that talk. Because, like, it's like a Ooh, cognitive... It's a good, like, cognitive thing. He loves that stuff. Shout out to Ben Taylor, one of our favorite listeners. Our Thanks favorite. for listening in. We're he looking forward to, to have you on the podcast sometime soon. Yeah, yeah, soon. come. Let us know. But we do like how he does answer our tweets. That's cool. Yeah. Um. Anyways. We'll tweet at him to let him know that he's in this episode. So he loves those, he loves those, like... You're think not only are you just pointing out that you're thinking about this wrong, like that you are wrong, but like this is why you're thinking about it wrong. Anyways, but I think there might be a counterpoint, and that you're right about like the let's like the whole tanking. Tanking's overrated, and like the picks are overrated. But what's not overrated, I think, is having a bunch of stuff. Like, like you you just get Jimmy Butler. Like we've seen tons of teams that like get one dude and just like. Don't go anywhere because, like, the pieces just get them to, like, like you get, like, high-ish expectations and then ultimately, like, you add random crap around them that doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. And then, like, you nosedive into 47 wins for – but that only lasts, like, two years and then tears off. Like, not every team's the Wizards that can just hold that for five, six years yeah. of those 47 wins. Yeah. But like – a prime example probably, like, Anthony Davis and the Pelicans. Like, Anthony Davis, better than Jimmy Butler, but because the Pelicans – have so little surrounding talent, they've sort of been struggling for a while. And every year we're thinking, oh, wait, are they trading him? But why would you ever trade him? Just because, like, that just kind of happens. When, like, a yeah. team's going nowhere with a star, it's sometimes just you lose it. But I think the thing is, I think what sometimes we underrate is just, like, having a lot of stuff. 
I don't mean there's the draft pick that ends up being really good because yeah the odds are low but just like lots of assets turn into something and we talked about yesterday how one player can raise a franchise's prestige and then help it catapult like the Celtics with Isaiah Thomas catapulted the Hayward to catapult to Hartford to Hayward there. But, on the other hand, the Celtics, what also is catapulting them, that it's like, yeah, Marcus Smart isn't that good. Yeah, Jalen Brown isn't that good. Yeah, Tatum, Tatum's that good. Yeah, but, but he's yeah. young. But, like, he's well, not that good yet. Rozier's not that good. But, like, all of a sudden we see flashes for a bunch. Like, wait, they have, like, seven dudes. And it's like, there's just, like, a lot of stuff there. And, like, a lot of picks. And there's just, like, options. And then you have some teams that are just, like, bare. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, whatever, the easiest example was, like, the Nets before the Sean Marks era. Yeah. And it's just like, you can't go anywhere. So let's, so maybe that's what the two, if you, the two high is like, you make us bear, and then this Jimmy Butler thing ends in three years, just yeah. like the Nets, Pierce, Gev Garnett era ended. It yeah. brought us five, 50, uh, uh, high 40s wins for three years and a second round playoff appearance once or twice. But then ultimately, but then like, where nothing. do we go? Yeah. I don't and know. I think like that's like, What's the point in getting Jimmy Butler if you're not going to be able, like, that's probably what these teams are thinking of, like, yes, I want to get Jimmy Butler because I want to be able to reach that next year, but if I give up so many of my surrounding players, I can't become any better. Like, if Miami has to give up all of their side players and they're just starting, like, Jimmy Butler and four scrubs, they're not going to be any better than this year. They're just going to be the same 40-win team. So why flip all your assets to become the same team you are? Like, it's only worth it for you if you can make that jump like I think Toronto is an example of this like if you can flip DeRozan into Kawhi you're obviously getting better but if Toronto would have had to include multiple players from each bench all of a sudden they lose their whole bench mob like does that cancel out what they're gaining from Kawhi and like then all of a sudden you're not getting any better what's the point of making this big trade yeah like, I think much. that's probably the hesitation for some of these teams but this Jimmy Butler thing it's something interesting to keep an eye on will definitely affect the playoff picture going forward Minnesota's my expectation is Minnesota is not going to get enough back that they're really especially because the West is so deep I don't yeah. think they're a playoff team anymore and but we could have we could have we someone could have who, a new contender depending on who in the East a new contender and, in the East. yeah but if he goes out West that yeah. could add a team oh. to the playoff race but if he goes out East I think that also could even things out a little bit where all of a sudden it's a little bit more even on both sides and uh, even on the East-West balance and adds another team yeah. to east respectability yeah like definitely like miami washington detroit those three teams that are really like on the border or not on the border but like they're below the team of like respectability but if they can add a jimmy butler they could become another they could add one more team really in conversation to challenge for an eastern conference finals it's funny that we're talking about east respectability uh, did you see that danny Ainge danny Ainge said uh the east I the East has respectability. The East. It was like I a Trump-esque quote. It was like, <laughs> "We're the most respectable team. Like we have the most respectability. There's tons of respectability. There's tons of. Respectability. We have the biggest respectability. Yeah. No, but it was also like so sad. Like we have, we are respectable. respectable. Like stop saying we're. But like it wasn't like we're good. Like he wasn't gonna possibly say like the East is the better conference. He was just like. The East is not as sad as you think it is. But it's also we no have friends. It's nothing, nothing sadder than like, than like, we're you're so pathetic that like that the team that's good feels that they can just laugh their way to the bank 
that your your conference is so bad that the team that's good feels that in order to legitimize themselves, <laughs> they need to first be like, oh wait, yeah, we are beating quality yeah, okay. teams. Yeah. Anyways, that, that is, that's hilarious. That is interesting. Interesting. No, you hear that? Because like, yeah. if I'm like, like, if they're like, oh, the whole East is bad, like nobody's as good as us. Like the Warriors, it all of a sudden makes them look like yeah. the Warriors don't need to do that because no, like, the West is. But good. not only that, like, like most times, winners don't care about petty criticism. Like the Warriors don't care that everyone thinks that like they're better than everyone else. Why? Because they're whatever. We're winning. We don't care. Yeah. You know. So like, but like, your competition is so bad that you're <laughs> self-conscious about it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's great. Time. This is a good time to wrap it up now. It's a good time to wrap it up. Listeners, we are sorry you missed out on truly a magical episode, but I think this this episode was even better. It, I think it was I better. I think it was, it was definitely condensed, which I, I've heard some of our listeners are interested in. Yeah, So good. the last episode was an hour and a half. This is only about 50 minutes, so our listeners might appreciate our brevity this here. This good, on and we can do more episodes later with we other stuff. We will be doing more episodes, hoping to come, Maybe. come out to you. We could. I said could. We will. We'll see. If Bitsish is not present, I will be doing more episodes looking. If you're interested in ben appearing Taylor as style. a guest. Ben Taylor style. Enjoy his monologue. No, not Ben Taylor style. God forbid. If you're interested in appearing as a guest, please let me know. Until then, a shout out to our favorite listeners, Miss Nancy Wasserman, friend of the Hevra Danny Abudi, and to all of our other listeners... Michiel, thank you so much. Before I press the stop button, yes. Give me your Kawhi laugh. Ha 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 ha. I had a really good one last night. <laughs> you had a really good one. Ha 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 ha. You gotta go super loud. Ha <laughs> 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 I had it better last it's night. Terrifying. I'll work on it and come back Mitch next just episode. Woke up, people. It was two o'clock in the morning. People were screaming out that window. Hey, robot, stop laughing at us. <laughs> Lila Tove, everyone. Lila Tove, thank you for listening. Ha, 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 ha.